Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Big Red Louie Podcast. How was that? That, I that felt hated good. That. Wow, that that you shouldn't hate that. That felt no, wonderful. it's just been a long day. You sounded like a guy who somebody was performing CPR on. What? <laughs> that seems yeah. It just it sounded like you like had something stuck in your throat. Yeah, uh, I don't know. well, maybe I did. Anyways, welcome into another show. Uh, Jacob Blaine, Preston Meyer, Alex Stingle. How are you guys doing? Unreal. I feel bad. Yeah, I'm less unreal. enthusiastic than you, yeah, you right are. now. So you that, should that, get that, on my level, which is weird. I know. I'm, I'm trying never to. That exci- I'm not that like excited of a person. Like I could never be a strength coach or any kind of coach because I can't get that excited. Well, like ever. I, nothing I, excites me like that. I tried to focus like on the way over here, but then I didn't realize that there was going to be like even at 5:45. Like typically, the traffic highway like rush hour has has mainly opened up at that point. But today Sometimes, yeah. it oh, was stop man. and go Don't. all the way out to Breckenridge. We're gonna it was we're gonna spend an hour in the show talking about traffic. Because if you want to get me going about, my wife will tell you the city of Louisville. The one thing I can't stand, they can't figure out how to freaking manage traffic here. Keep no. building stuff. There's yeah. just every day we're building a new apartment complex where there shouldn't be one. We're building more and more homes. Damn, but we're not doing off. anything to the roads. We're just gonna let traffic build up where every five seconds is a stoplight that's not coordinated with the stoplight before it. Absolutely. Don't get me started. Well, we've got a, we got a packed show. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got Taylor Lynch from Louisville Sports Live who's going to join us to talk about Louisville basketball and Louisville football. We're also going to bring on uh, Coach Fitzpatrick, Dez, and Christian's dad, and we're going to talk about Dez and his big game against Boston College and Florida State. And we're also going to talk about Christian's recruitment because it looks like things are starting to swing back in Louisville's favor there. Um, but, but first, I want to talk to you guys because I had something happen to me on the way over here that I was not expecting. Uh, I got a phone call from my wife who uh, has been working uh, in Lexington the last couple of days building a new store for the company that she works for. And so we've had parents helping out pick up our daughter from daycare. My mother-in-law picked her up today and the teacher pulled her aside and told her something that I was not prepared to hear. And I need y'all's advice because I'm not really sure what to do here. And I know you don't have kids, so this is more of a reasoning help me try to – So we're in a perfect position to give you advice. We got this. No, absolutely. Exactly. You are because you don't have kids. It's an unbiased situation. You've not been through it, so you don't think that what you do works best. Have you created her yet? Hold on. Because as a dog dad, this is my first first question. Yeah. I just put her in her cage. Do you have a spray bottle for her? Okay. Sometimes it takes 20 right. hours. So do, you have, do you use a clicker totally or kidding. do you use an I don't put my dog in her cage for 20 hours, by the way. That's totally a joke. Right, so, so here's the scenario. So my mother-in-law goes in to pick, to pick Ruby up. And to, under, to give you just an, an understanding of my mother-in-law, she's just the sweetest, uh, soft-spoken person. She just like Taylor. Yeah, very she's much totally like been Taylor. listening to the pod, so he had mm-hmm. to throw some nice yeah, so messages in there. They, she goes in to pick Ruby up, and they say, hey, you know, we need to talk to you real quick. Let me, let me pull you over. And let me tell you, when you pick your kid up from daycare and they tell you you need to come over. Was this the first time there. you've been, like, pulled to the side? Well, I didn't something? Go, but Oh, okay. No, this is not I the first time. Okay. I, I didn't know if you guys have been, been sidebarred before. We've been sidebarred. They're, okay. They probably want to get your child the heck out of there at all times, so it's probably a bad thing that's, when they pull you, pull you over. I think oh, that you sure. might be kidding, but you're dead serious. Like the more and more no, I think yeah, about it, I'm, I'm like, serious. they want my kid out of there every yeah. day. Yeah. So they pull her over and they're like, "Hey, we just, you know, we know that she's growing up." And, she, and she, for those who don't know me, she's two. She's she is what I like to call terrible because she is the worst of the the terrible twos that everybody keeps telling me about. She's mm-hmm. terrible. She's adorable. I love her to death. She's the best kid ever. She's at like she's, the worst. She's part at of the it right tip, now. and she's not even two yet. She turns two on November first. So, anyways, they pull my mother-in-law aside and they say, "Hey, you know, she's she's just we're trying to you know get her prepared to go up into the big class with the two-year-olds, and uh, we understand that there's some you know some smaller kids in her class, but 
she's been uh, pushing them and and punching them and kicking them, and oh, uh, we're a little worried about her aggression. So my mother-in-law tells my wife that, and my wife tells me that, and as the dad, when my wife tells me that, that means, uh, honey, you got to do something. Right. Let me tell you what's really difficult about a two-year-old. They know what they're doing, right? So sure. their brain is starting to kind of figure things out. Uh, but even as young as two, they're starting to figure out what they can get away with. And, and for her, she's really pushing the boundaries. Of course. Um, but for this, the problem is she has no reasoning. So I can't right. tell her, hey, look, sweetie, I understand they took your toy. You're upset. They, 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 they aren't giving you the attention that you require. They're giving uh, the teacher more of a problem, and the teacher doesn't have as much attention to give to you because we know that you like to, to be the center of attention. That's just her personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't understand that. Right. She doesn't get she can't punch kids yet. <laughs> what do I do? I don't really know. Do I talk to her? Do I just – how do I feel? Like uh, do I feel proud? Do I feel confused? Should I be happy that uh, that she's doing this or should I be really worried about her becoming a uh, a piece of crap? Like in terms of when it comes <laughs> I, to discipline. Not okay. in general. She's a wonderful person. But just in terms of beating kids up. I, th- I think – if I was a parent, I'd and like I said, this sounds terrible either way, but I'd rather hear a report of like my kid starting to be the instigator instead of the one getting bullied, because as at least you can like effectively nip it in the bud, so to speak, right? Right. Like if she's getting kicked and like bullied from someone else, then you're the furious parent, sure, harping right. on the other parent, like, hey, do your job, like, right? Get this done. I'm just like, I'm thankful she's not fighting. Job. Yeah, but that's a, that's the thing. But it, yeah, I feel like a so, lot of parents think that. So we had her at a wedding a couple weeks ago for my sister, and she was the only kid there. And of course, she was acting a fool. And people, there are some people who just had this like, "Get your daughter! What are you doing? Like, she's <laughs> two. She doesn't know. I can't tell her don't do that. She doesn't get it." I kind of odd. I don't even I don't even know. See, that's the thing. I don't. I can't even begin to to tell you because if my dog starts barking and freaking out around other dogs, then I just put her in a cage. I literally just put her in her crate and say no. Yeah. All all I'm saying <laughs> and is, and then take her back out like an hour later and be like, "You're so cute." <laughs> you're such a good dog. Look, that, look, dude, that's totally my wife. Where it's like she's mad for like five seconds and then yeah. you're like, "Oh, you're too cute to not be Kid, mad at." Kids are sponges, man. So I would just probably say stop punching and kicking things at home. So sure. she'll stop. Don't let her watch football with yeah, you. you know? okay. That's number one. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Obviously. Um, yeah, what kind of child shows is she watching? Uh, you know, she there, watches there, a lot of. Well, I, I'll tell you this, and she won't know what it is. She watches a lot of uh, Word Party, which is. I know Word Party. Oh, you know Word Party. Yeah, yeah I got a niece. Yeah, so th- there's no aggression in that show. No. Um, See, I'm. Sh- a, I, I'm an. I have two nephews, so I'm familiar with like the Paw Patrol. Sure, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. She's not a big Paw a Patrol fan. She likes Peppa Pig. She likes okay. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, Little Baby Bum is probably her favorite show. I'm sure our fans are like my top ten. No, but I'll tell you what, man. A lot of people listening probably have kids. They probably know what I'm talking about. Right. Well, no, my nephew. He's been getting like the same little. He's only. He's like three or four now, and he's sure. starting to get like the the Superman like. I'm getting frustrated quickly yes. because like now he has a little brother. So the attention's not on him anymore. Yeah. And so whenever he gets a toy taken or anything else, he, he kind of throws the same little hissy fit. Like you're talking sure. about to where like he'll like throw something down or like, like kick a pillow or something. Yeah. I wish she'd kick random, a pillow. That'd be right, nice. Like, That'd like be something that makes me laugh in the bathroom. Like something that makes me laugh in the background. But then I'm looking at my sister and I'm like, Hey, you should probably, yeah, you should, you probably, know, get you, your you should kid. probably do that. You know, like yeah. uh, get on that. But I, I put it. I on. don't know what to tell you, man, because like that, I feel like that's one of those, 
patience on both sides, right? Because like you know she has to kind of like yeah figure it out herself in terms of like sure a growth thing. But at the same time, like you can't have her like hitting and kicking kids no every single because day. At some point, she's gonna figure out she has teeth. That's what I'm right. worried about. Oh, the no. day she starts biting is oh. the day where I'm going to have to give her away. Maybe. Uh, okay. So <laughs> Not really. Taylor, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm not giving Ruby away. I promise. I, I put it up on the on the poll on the uh, Big Red Louie Twitter account. Personally, I'm sorry. I know this is a tweet. I put my name in it at least this time. So okay. I know it's not you. All right. That's cool. Uh, last time I put a poll up that was personal, it was, should I have called my wife a prick? And then you <laughs> tweeted, uh, you shouldn't have said that. Anyway, the tweet, yeah, how should I feel about daycare telling me my two-year-old daughter is manhandling other kids at her school? Sixty uh, percent of the votes said that I should feel proud, which well, I don't know because I don't. That know was the, situ- the I need to know the situation. You first. only gave us three answers to go off. Of, well, right? I, there's that, I don't know how many different. I'm just saying it's better to be in your predicament than the one getting bullied. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's good. It's Neither correct. are good. I'm so, just saying like I'd rather have my kid. And this is the this is the last the thing bullied. I'll say before we move on but, from my child. My child, she was born at 11 pounds. She's now the size of about a four year old. So she's bigger than you, every kid in her class. She is huge. the biggest kid. Yeah, you've seen her. I mean, she's she's big. She looks like a four year old. My fiance has a nine year old sister, and Ruby could probably kick her ass. Like, oh, I don't like, doubt that. I don't. <laughs> doubt so basically, that. Jacob's gonna start fielding like texts from Coach Walls and stuff here oh, in a couple yes, of years. 100%. No, no doubt. I'm gonna we, start uh, trying to find my way to get around Coach Walls with her. Be like, you see how big she is? She could totally she get play. on the court after basketball. Give me like, oh, Ruby, how'd you get on the court? Oh my gosh, right she can. Excuse me, Coach yeah. Walls. Can you pass me my sixty pound uh, tiny child, please? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let let's transition into to people beating up other people that uh, I guess you could call it legally, legally. football. <laughs> yeah. What a great transition. Right. Yeah. Right. Speaking of violence, <laughs> speaking of violence, here we go. Saturday was a lot of fun for a lot of reasons. One personally and I, we got to, for the first time we got to go into the press box and, and um, pretend we were media, which mm-hmm. uh, didn't go well, but actually I thought it went well until I couldn't we spell Malik's name well. wrong. I was about Malik to say, Mikhail. I couldn't spell his name right. I think, can't. I think that everybody sitting in front of us probably got tired of me saying, M I C A L E. I think I spelled it M E C M E C A L E M I C E L E. I mean, I spelled it every way besides the way it's supposed to be spelled. And Preston was like, "No, it's M I C A L E." People were like turning around, like, "Yeah, keep what? it down." Well, yeah, at least you you guys weren't one of the 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 fans that were blindsided by the information, like myself, because I was oh, so we were. We were I was like, what I, I was so him. I think we found out an hour before the game. I started. got so focused on one, just making sure I got there at a decent time for the tailgate. I made the wings. I brought the Which Bloody Mary ball. Oh, I appreciate that. So good, man. I really put some love and effort into them this time. Uh, but I brought the Bloody Mary bar, brought all that. By the time we got to the game, and Kate doesn't go to a ton of games with me, so like when when Mikhail like ran in, did the juke move, got the first. TD of the game, uh, and 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 I hear in the intercom like Mikhail Cunningham, like and who? I and I look at I look at Kate and I laughed and it was almost like the uh, like the Anchorman scene where uh, God was his name Brick. I'm like I was like that's not it. I'm like what an <laughs> idiot. I was like oh, wrong. Sean Moth. Yeah, and I was like come on man. I was like jobs up for grabs. And she was now. like what are you talking about? I was like it's Malik. And then I hear just somebody from like half. Half the section up, he's like, he changed his name back to Mikhail. And Everybody whole, should know Yeah, this. and the whole stands were like, oh, okay. Okay. That's so, fine. like, you kept hearing that's it cool. throughout the game, and I'm like, I, yeah, never mind. I just didn't know that. But at first, I'm just like, that sounds not right. And then everyone told us, because no one really knew in the game. They just thought the first time they heard it, 
It was like a it was a typo. Yeah, it was really funny when they asked him afterwards. He seemed surprised that people were like, oh, I gotta call you Mikhail now. In the fact, Satterfield's <laughs> the only right one now that's not Scott calling Satterfield him Mikhail. Like, I'm, the head I'm coach. gonna call him Malik. <laughs> that was the best part. The whole town of Louisville's effectively already made the change. You're like, well, he said it was okay by him, so I'm just gonna keep it that way. It's really funny because right. it reminded me a lot of when. Um, what I thought was Christian Cunningham changed midseason to Kristen, and I was like, uh, I don't know. I no, don't think I it, could start calling you that now. It's his too name, late. No, his name was Kristen Cunningham. <laughs> no, I'm very aware that's what yeah. his name was, but I thought his name was Christian, as did the entire – no. as did Chris Mack. I mean, Jacob's over here like, excuse I've, me, grad transfers. I've been calling him Christian since like day that. one. You wouldn't even call him what? Kristen. His name is Kristen. Kristen Cunningham. It's, that's his but name. it's spelled with an H in the middle. We're about no, to go back no, and find C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N. Kristen. That's his name. Okay. So I just don't think he, he corrected he anybody. He did not correct anybody probably, early that's on probably until just, somebody on Twitter was like, is it Christian you, or is it Kristen? Do you know how many people call me Preston on a daily basis? I get it, but you didn't you, – no, I don't believe you. You didn't call him Christian or Kristen. You called him Christian. I did. Everybody called I remember, him Christian. I remember specifically – not that this is even important at all, but I remember specifically messaging everybody in our group text at the time. This was pre-Slack. And saying uh, no, that didn't happen. Saying yes, make no. sure that because I remember I went through uh, through an article and somebody had written Christian like 967 times, and I was like, Are you talking about me? No, it wasn't. Yeah, you was Ross. Have, okay, yeah, all right. So doesn't matter. Anyways, regardless, uh, back to the matter at hand: the football game. A lot um, of fun. What did you guys? I mean, what what were the first impressions? What stood out more? <laughs> Defense. Offense, what do you think? Uh, the the defense, mm. I think we've become so accustomed to them just being bad that it's like, okay, it's fine. No big deal. We'll get Literally, it figured out. We're, no, like, we're going to figure it out. Like, I, I even know, I, I tweeted this out mid-game. I was like, I don't know. Louisville's not a team that's built to sustain, withstand a shootout. No. We really need to make some defensive stops. Well, we said last week, I predicted 24 to 27. I was like, they can't get in the shootout. And then Dude. I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, well, what's I said 37 31. So if I don't okay. get the points for that. Yeah, because screw we, you guys, because I was there, literally... We need to talk about that. I did, we like, did. The, first, first, I, I did like, the first thing. score predicament, and you guys both gave me a weird look, and you're like, oh, that's... Uh, what, that's what did you that, say? You guys, I, I thought you, you guys... remember. Stop it. No, no, no. You guys were... Uh, it was either that the Boston College game, because I was threw out the point spread. Or the Florida State game? No, uh, for the... Yeah, well, maybe right. for the Florida State. Yes. Okay, so... Anyways, regardless. Continue. No, either way, like, I, I thought you guys convinced me to, like, bring the score down, is what I, is what I remember happening. Because I still kept it within like three to four, kind of near the spread. Because yeah. I think the spread ended up being it was like five like, or something. Yeah, like that. I think it was five or six. Yeah, but I had them in the twenties, I think, or something. Um, but either way, the best the best part to to Jacob's point about like people are freaking out of the defense. No, not really. They we're scored, used to it. We're down by you know we're down by one with with a minute and a half left. We're on the party deck. I look at Kate and I'm like, we're gonna win. Because she's like, how do you know that? I was like, we've been scoring all game. I was like. I was like, we're going to be fine. It was the one weird time I oddly felt calm, like no, knowing we were losing with a minute left in the ball game. how much was on the line. And I was like, you know what? I think we're going to do it, though. It's going to be fine. And then sure enough, all we needed was one or two solid clutch completions uh, and throws from Conley and then a hell of a run by Hawkins to set us up on the 20-yard line. Yeah. And then we were good to go from there but for some reason i just felt really calm and told kate everything would be all right good for and you and then it ended up okay yeah it did i did not feel that way i yeah which I is just, very odd I, as a never, fan, it never works out like that when i normally say it as a louisville fan the last couple of years i've just learned to accept that when things are look good that typically they're going to fall apart late I, right. I can't tell you how many football basketball baseball 
the NBA players, NFL players have had things start off great, and Louisville fans are so excited, and then it just collapses. I bought, it's just why they call us cardiac cards. It is what it is. I bought all four tickets for my parents to go with us to that Louisville-Virginia game when Pageant was the coach, mm. and we lost with like yeah, with 0.9, 0.9 seconds. seconds DeAndre Hunter. Took DeAndre my whole Hunter, hell. family. And as a young person, it's a big deal when you pay for other people's tickets besides like you and your significant other. Yeah. So that was like a big deal to me. I'm like, you know what? I'm taking the whole family to this game. It's going to be awesome. Did not realize yep. that was going to be like one of the most soul crushing uh, sports you? nights. Well, no uh, one did. But. So defense or offense? What what was the Presley? What do you think? Bigger bigger standout? I mean, it, to me, it's the offense uh, simply because I think that you have to consider the opponent. I think that Boston College is going to put up thirty nine against four teams this year. I mean, it, it, regardless, it, it was similar to kind of what we saw from Louisville too. I think regardless of who the quarterback is in there, when you have AJ Dillon. You have the offensive line, the tight ends that they have. When you have the weapons that they have, they're going to score points regardless, and they're going to score points because they know that their defense isn't up up to up to snuff, if you will. So I, I think that to me, the offense stood stood out a lot more because they were so prolific in, in the passing offense. I mean, you had two quarterbacks um, that that basically combined the throw for pass for seventy percent on offense. Um, you had big play after big play, and there were three at least three times that I can remember off the top of my head that receivers just flat out dropped a touchdown pass. Like there was, there was potential for a lot more fireworks. Um, and I think there was a lot of potential for Louisville to potentially put the game out of hand um, even earlier. I mean, that, that was the only decision that I questioned the entire game was that um, Evan Conley came in, drove the team down the field, uh, defense makes a stop with the interception, and then Cunningham came back in three and out. That was the one thing that I questioned yeah. the entire game. But for for the, just because of the injury combined with how well the offense was running with Conley, just for yeah. clarification, uh, two two drives, two touchdowns, and then you pull him back out for Cunningham, who was clearly not going to run the ball. So Boston College was just sending the, the house. Um, anyways, uh, just a little side note there, but. I, I mean, I think it's got to be the offense, right? Am I wrong about that? No, I, I definitely agree. I think it's the offense because I think going into Florida State uh, and even into the first half, Louisville fans, including myself, continue to say, we don't have a quarterback. Like, we have an offense. We've got a wide receiver right. that are really good. We've got a great running back. Offensive line is extremely improved, but we don't have a guy who can get the ball to the players who need the ball. And then the, fir- the first half of Florida State happened, and it really was like, okay, yeah, they need to make a move now because this kid can't throw the football, which is what we thought all along. And right. then the second half happened, and he looked like a completely different guy. Right. And then BC happened, and I don't think anyone expected him to get. I think he started like eight for eight or nine for nine, had mm-hmm. two touchdowns or had touchdown on the ground and in the air. He was hitting Dez and Seth, who are just wide open time and time and time again. And it was like, what is happening? Like, right. this has never happened before. Uh, with this quarterback and these receivers, we like I don't even think we knew he could throw the football like that. Um, and so that, and then the way that Scott Satterfield was, you know, switching out the the quarterbacks with Conley coming in, and and just uh, the way that the, the statistics played out with 172 yards for Hawkins, 170 for Seth Dawkins, 100 for Tutu, 115 or whatever it was for Des. Like they they showed me so much more than I thought that they would this season. I thought it would take until maybe. You know, like Chubb or T's uh, sophomore, junior season before we saw an offense explode like that. And now I think it really forces you to think, like, if they can play against mediocre defenses like that, because Boston College is a pretty mediocre defense, Wake Forest is a pretty mediocre defense, Syracuse, Kentucky, NC State, like, I can go on and on, Miami even, like, Louisville can maybe win 
I, I don't want to get up above oh, no. six. Six mm-hmm. is the number I'll go to because you see mental That's mistakes fair. still there. But yep. it just makes you kind of think like Louisville can actually win some football games this season. So I I hate to be the, the boring third wheel and say like offense as well. But I, I think it's obvious that offense because just from an expectation standpoint, like you just said, going into the season, there were so many guys shuffled around on defense. There were so many position groups on defense that were thin at the time. Uh, a lot of question marks, and and we were just wondering, are they even going to have the the stamina just to complete like a full season on the defensive side without right. just having the bottom fall out like last right. year? In as as much as many yards and and you know yeah you know just plays that they gave like big plays they gave up like that tight end that tight end going seventy yards like crushed me at I first because I was I was so mad that he was just so wide open. But those are the kind of things like once you can. F- get over like those are all correctable yeah. things that you can do this season i think the biggest part of the defense is the secondary and just learning how how brown really really wants them to run around and right. be in position and figure that out and i think the biggest issue we've been talking about and i think even keith uh keith Wynn has been pointing it out for a while um coming on the podcast uh even like maybe after the first game one thing he saw he's like it takes them quite a while on the defensive side to call in the plays and if you watched it if you watched the bc game again even while you were there there was like there was some of those plays half the defense was looking at the sideline oh yeah trying to figure out what play they were calling and then the ball was being snapped as as they they were were still looking at the sideline and they had guys coming in and off the field right so it was was very it was i I hate to say this. It was very, and I've said this before this season. So this is the first time. It was very Petrino-ish, the way that they didn't have the play call before the snap went right, off. Right, just that's Petrino-ish, dis- disgruntled, disorganized, jumbled, whatever yeah, you want to call it. Satterfield calls it sloppy football. Right, exactly. Slop and I, I definitely think between the secondary giving up big plays and that, um, you know, clearly Brown knows what they need to work on. And then you saw uh, information today or yesterday come out to where like they've been harping all week yeah. on the defense side, getting the plays in quicker because yeah. they realize how bad they got burned with FSU because F- anybody can watch that film and say, all right, all we need to do is speed up mm-hmm. the offense. Oh, no doubt. And BC then and we'll did the same good. thing. BC, yeah, BC, absolutely. And it works. Steve like, Adazio is the exact opposite of a fast, up-tempo offensive yeah. coach. He And then, even then early on with Anthony Brown in the game, they were and I think they did it with Dennis Grossell even, and mm-hmm. they were up-tempo. They, right, they know the game plan in with Louisville is they don't have to get them tired. It was like basketball. When people figured out that Louisville crumbled doing the full-court pressure, mm-hmm. yeah. full-court press, yeah. every team after that the rest of the yeah. season was like, all right, fine. We're just going to keep pressing you guys until you figure out how to do it or how to deal with it. Here's the thing I'm kind of grappling with, and I'll, I'll allow it up to you all. I worry if is this offense sustainable because you know you you've got to go up against the Clemsons and the Virginias and and some of the other teams in the ACC. And while I know I just said that some of them are mediocre, I mean. You take away Des, uh, you take away Seth's seventy-seven yard gain. You take away his one of one of Des's fifty-yard gains or thirty-yard gains, and the offense is all of a sudden down fourteen points. Like they they're not getting those points that they did. Makes you wonder just how sustainable it is long term. When I don't know the percentage of it, but I would imagine a good chunk of Louisville's offensive yards came off of big plays. Sure. And you're not guaranteed to get a seventy. I think they had a seventy, a fifty, a forty, and a thirty-yard play against Boston College. It's not going to happen every week. Why so not, can you sustain I mean, that? Well, I think – well, to your point, I think that all – basing it off like – especially coming out of Clemson, how healthy is the overall team and the playmakers. But secondly, 
Satterfield has been saying this. Like his his offense is predicated on on you know small you know little chunks of running, and every now and then they'll break a little run to a decent run, but just to set up the bigger plays. And I think that the biggest thing we were missing those passing plays have been there the whole season. We just didn't have quarterbacks that were either throwing the open guy downfield, had the confidence to even try it. It's a mental. Thing. They were second guessing yeah. themselves, and even mm-hmm. uh, even Keith watching the you know he does his quarter by quarter film breakdowns and stuff. But uh, even he said the first quarter he saw three to four open passes that, that would have been, been touchdowns. Passes. Yeah. That Louisville missed. So I mean, right. and they dropped two, two dropped one. Well, and and that's what you're saying. So you're talking Dez about what if, one, what yeah. if we didn't have this 70 yard? Well, yeah. If you don't have big play after big play, yeah. if you if you negate those, then yeah, it's going to be closer. But sure, Satterfield's offense, he's been telling us this is what it's supposed to do. Sure. Like it's supposed to set up those guys for those plays. If so that's I, the case, I do think it's sustainable. If and it looks like they're starting to figure it out because I think Malik, you know. uh uh, he missed a ton of time in the offseason. That's Mikhail to you? I'm sorry. Yes, that's okay. going to take me a second. You can call him whatever you want. Uh, as long as he's he okay missed. His mama calls him Malik. Think I'm going to call Malik. I'm yeah. just saying, like, <laughs> J- Jacob still hasn't seen that. Have you seen Coming to America? Damn it, Presley. I was in a thought. And you forgot. I'm sorry. And I I'm love sorry. Coming to America. Yes. I, I've All right. Seen so, so Jacob needs to see the movie, but the whole That Boy's Good thing, yeah. there's basically, like, what, two guys just, like, are kind of like super secondary characters but they make some really funny super like i told jacob don't play it in front of ruby or she'll start punching people and cussing at the same time gosh that's the last thing i need to start to cuss (laughs) with the punching already um anyways no but there's a scene where they're talking about muhammad ali and he says his mom named cassius i'm gonna call him cassius so the same thing his mom mom named him mikhail i'm gonna call him mikhail anyways continue thank you presley (laughs) so before i got rudely interrupted my point was is that he missed a ton of time and a ton of reps over summer. And I think now mm-hmm. if you've read reports and even from his own mouth with what's coming out, uh, some of these people interviewing him now uh, week by week, he's really, really excited because he's seeing himself grow week after week. Right. He's like, I'm learning things. Things are starting to click. Things are starting to slow down. Because Nick Petrino's not my quarterback coach now. You know, like <laughs> I have a competent guy telling me what a, to do. Right. Yeah. No – I think all that part for his individual growth is starting to happen. And because of that individual growth, you're seeing how much that's even elevating the rest of the offense. Because obviously the receivers are getting opportunities now that weren't there, you know, even four games ago, three games ago, whatever that is. And and so I think if we, in terms of sustainability, if he keeps getting better week after week and truly learning, getting all a majority of the first string reps, things like that. I don't see why it's it's impossible not to be sustainable. Because yeah. uh, to your point, like we're gonna face Clemson and maybe, I mean, besides Clemson, you got Miami who has a really really good defense. Uh, well, okay, we thought not, they not did. on paper. Yeah, we but, thought they did. But I'm just saying, like, till Virginia Tech made them look like a bunch of fools. But yeah, the majority of the back end of our schedule is is winnable 50-50 games at this point from the film that we've seen on these other teams. So it, it really is just a who's going to be healthy at that yeah. time for the game. Yeah, so let's transition a little bit and start talking about Wake Forest just because uh, that's who Louisville will play Saturday. They'll look to get, which I thought this was the craziest stat I'd heard in a long time. Louisville has not won a game on the road against a ranked team since they've been in the ACC. In fact, they haven't won a game on the road against a ranked team, I want to say, in 2011. Since, yeah, I was going to say, I knew it had been a long time. 
Uh, that's unbelievable. And I, and I think that um, I think Saturday they've got a good chance. I think one of the things that really stuck out to me was uh, Mikhail Cunningham after the game at the press conference told us, he said that all week long Coach Ponce was really instrumental in showing them the defense of Boston College and where and how to slice it up. Wake Forest statistically is very similar to Boston College uh, in total passing yards. Boston College's defense was not very good running or passing. Wake Forest's defense is not good at covering the pass. And if Louisville can repeat what they did on Saturday, I feel pretty good about them picking up a win. I really do. I mean, here's the thing. I, I think that um, I think that it's really going to come down to the defense. I think that they found something on offense. I think that um, I think that the, the receivers have kind of shown that they can. We can finally get the the team has shown that we can finally get all three of the stud receivers involved. Um, and then in, in addition, the running game has just been outstanding. I mean. You know, I read an article about this this week. Javion Hawkins is right in the thick of things for the Rookie of the Year in the ACC. You guys are going to be so proud of me. I have a secret Google Doc that I had some really, really fun rushing ACC stats to point out when this topic came up. Well, and let's so, hear it. Thank you for saying the buzzword, which was Hawkins. To remind me to pull these up. So a couple football fun facts uh, that I was looking through earlier today. Uh, speaking on that, just because I want to see really, uh, you know, you're hearing about all the success Louisville's had running the ball. I was just kind of curious on mm -hmm. where we currently stack up after five weeks in the ACC. Yeah. So here's a couple numbers I'm going to throw out at you guys. Javion Hawkins has 183 less yards right now than A.J. Dillon, but that's on 55 less carries. Hold That's on. incredible. Hold mm -hmm. on. Hawkins is currently averaging 6.2 yards per carry, meaning if he did have 55 more carries, he should average around 340 more yards, which would put him at second in the nation mm -hmm. at around 900 yards, He's which averaging. is crazy because that OK State guy is like nuts. Like they've he, given him right, the ball like right. a thousand times. But even with Cam Akers, He's been getting all the love, which, I mean, deservedly so. He's awesome. Hawkins has 20 less yards than Cam Akers on 24 less carries. Right. Well, Incredible. consider this. If you like, just, the if dude you, is crushing if you it you average right that out, Hawkins averages 6.2 yards a touch. Yeah. Um, he is a full yard or more ahead of both A.J. Dillon and Cam Akers. Yeah. The only person ahead of him in the entire conference is Travis Etienne who by default just doesn't get as many carries because he plays for freaking Clemson and they have like 14 Travis Etienne's on their team. Right, um, and we're currently fifth in total offense. And, and you know, I know we had mentioned uh, in terms of getting a little more balanced seeing of the offense to where Sat really wants it, 255 passing yards a game, 227 rushing yards a game. I mean, I really don't know, you know, if you can get – any more like almost 50-50 on that. Yeah, I, I might have misunderstood you here, but from what I saw earlier today, Javion Hawkins is third in the ACC. He's ahead of Travis Etienne. No, I'm saying okay. yards yards okay. per carry. Okay. He's, yeah. he's third in the ACC in total yards yeah. rushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Etienne is 6.9. I mean, whenever he's got the ball, he's broken off big plays, which right. it's another story, which I can't wait. To, I haven't really watched a lot of Clemson, and we'll talk about Clemson before they play them next week, but statistically – the the argument that fi that Paul Feinbaum is making about Clemson not being a playoff team is dead on. Like if yeah. they continue on the rack the track they're on, they're now, not going to make it. They don't deserve to make no. it. And ACC is going to be the Big Twelve this year. Oh, well, they're going to the Pac twelve. Yeah. Every year there's a conference that's left out. The ACC right. is the only reason the ACC has continued to be relevant the last two years is because of Clemson. Correct. If Clemson is not as good as Ohio State 
LSU, Alabama, Georgia. You don't put them in just because they won the championship. You think last Clemson year. drops one this year? You think they can, they're going to lose? I mean, they, Dude, they we should've. watched them lose. We North almost Carolina. we're sitting at the yeah. bar Saturday afternoon, and we almost watched them drop it to North Carolina North when Carolina everyone's everyone's like shouting at the TVs, like "Don't go for two. And I'm like, "Well, I kind of get it both ways." But I would have taken them to overtime. Yeah. But I get I, it. I but. think Louisville is going to give Clemson a a match early on. I think early on. Now, I think Clemson's going to just wear him down because they played 95 guys. But right. anyways, let's continue e- on to Wake Forest. Cle- Either Clemson way. is a, they're, they're not what we thought they were going to be. No, but Louisville does have currently the second best rushing game in the ACC behind Boston College, averaging uh, five yards five yards a carry or five <laughs> yards a run at, you know, like I just said, 227 yards a game. And I watched the BC Wake Forest game like because – if you guys don't know by now, uh, type in A-C-C-D-N, N as in Nancy, mm-hmm. into YouTube, and it pops up ACC Digital Network. You sure. go on there, and they have the every game. single condensed game, right? and they From break the it down game. within like maybe 20 to 30 minutes. Something sad. It's beautiful. I've watched that twice now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. No, it, it, it's perfect to like knock out like either yeah. during like a lunch break or anything else. You don't have to sit there for two and a half hours and skip through mm-hmm. commercials and all that crap, but... BC, and I know it's A.J. Dillon, I get it, but we were just making the argument that Hawkins has been as effective as a runner for Louisville as as Dillon is for BC. He he is the best running back I've seen Louisville have on the field since. I I think he's better than Brandon Radcliffe. But he's also... I mean, it's unreal. Maybe since Bilal... He's he's on Bilal Powell level. But here's the thing, though. Like, Dillon kept getting tackled by Wake Forest because Dillon's not like a... Like a juke you runner, right? Like he's a I will run you over, you'll oh, yeah. bounce off me, I'll get seven more yards. Dude like, has three catches on the year. Yeah, yeah he's he's not. a he's a beast and he can throw off tackles left and right. I think Hawkins is actually a little bit almost a better fit for going up against this Wake Forest defense because if we saw what we saw the last couple games, he makes one move. He makes one juke in the secondary mm-hmm. to get away from a guy, he's gone. Yep. I don't think there's another guy on Wake Forest's defense that can catch him if he has the right angle and makes the right move uh but i mean bc ran at will on wake forest it was it was pretty interesting to see and they also gave up some pretty wide open passes as well and it was the kind of windows that you saw uh mikhail really really making uh and completing those passes last week uh against boston college so there's a couple things like watching wake forest's defense that made me excited uh because you know it, it showed like hey i think our strengths are really, really going to play well to right. this Wake Forest defense. Right. But, adversely, a lot of things I saw their offense do, like we've been talking about, made me not excited. Unless right. the so, unless the defense – I don't know how much you can correct in a week, though. Like, right. That's so, the thing. Maybe well, the play calling can speed up, and that's great. The secondary scheme stuff, man, that takes time to understand. Sure. Well, and, let's talk about that. What do, you, what do you think about – I mean, to me, the way that Wake Forest beats Louisville, like – Start to yeah. finish, the answer is their receivers are better than Louisville's secondary. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like they're gonna be open. It's not to me. It's not that. I mean, Jamie Newman is a great rushing threat. The weird stuff that they do with the, with their read read option and um, RPO and that kind of stuff is freaking weird as heck. And it's I've never so seen Wake Forest. If there yeah, was it's, ever it's an offense most, that I could predict Wake Forest to run, it would be the rent, just be the watered down RPO. But so so Newman Newman is a. He's a good quarterback, but their their receivers. Yeah, hold on. Are I want to tell you one awesome. thing. So I was listening to an interview yesterday with a Wake Forest beat writer, and this is what he told them. This is what he said. He said, "Well, the, the Wake Forest runs this offense because they have smart people. 
they, they, they get kids that other schools can't. They're the smart kids, mm. and they might be a little bit less athletic. So instead, they run this smart offense. I'm like, dude, go go shut up somewhere else. Last time I you take- sound like such a just an idiot bragging about a slow offense having to do with being smart. Last time I right. checked, NFL doesn't pay people uh, millions of dollars to to be the smartest to guy be- on the field. Well, unless you, you pay Manning. Okay, Andrew Luck. Even Andrew Peyton Manning Luck. has to have a. You're totally dogging your own little, team. Little more. <laughs> yeah, two of the smartest guys in NFL <laughs> they, they history have quarterbacked your team. Look, yeah. dude, he was smart enough to retire. I'll give him that. But <laughs> just saying, I don't. I don't even know how to respond to that. What? That seems mean. What? It wasn't mean. Uh, well, smart, smart enough to, reti- enough to Yeah, that as makes, in like I don't want to like get my body Pummeled. murdered by yeah. like forty. Like That's I, true. I get okay, that. I'll give you that. I can go do some no, good hunting stuff on a whiteboard. And I can definitely. I'm always looking for Jack Doyle. I can definitely see. <laughs> don't ever make a joke. Oh, I do a great Andrew Luck impression. That wasn't it. I got to listen to the Levitard show for like five minutes before I can get it down. But it's a it's a good like little. <laughs> I'm always looking for Jack Doyle. <laughs> it's so good. It's the best. I'm sorry. Somebody earmarked that. Go ahead. It's earmarked. You're the producer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't look at me hey, to do that. Somebody get that. Right. I got it. All right. Anyways, but uh, continue. No, that does sound like the uh, the perfect like, you know pedestrian backhanded but polite comment about the rest of the ACC is just a little bit dumber than us. Like just totally just a, was. It was just like, our guys nice are way. like they average like a three point eight. How can so I, they're so smart that how they can run I, a slow offense. Yeah, how can I say this in the most passive aggressive, nice way possible? Your defense is dumb and our offense is smart. Ha. Take it's, that. How you like that? How you like them apples? Your all's growth has been really cute to watch that so far. I hate Dave Clawson. I gotta tell you, I don't know why. I feel like everything bad that's ever How said anonymously you? about Louisville. I don't care if it's about the president of the school or if it's about the medical department or if it's about the football team or the basketball team. It's Dave Clawson. Uh-oh. I don't know what it is. He has Get such a bone to moment. pick. He has such a bone to pick with Bobby Petrino and. And uh, Lonnie Galloway getting with the guys, stealing the playbook when Lonnie Galloway was like, I don't even really want that playbook, but if you're offering it, I guess I'll take it. Mm. Dave Clawson's like, I'm not going to get mad at the guy on my own staff. The guy was on a radio. That's Lonnie Galloway's fault. He shouldn't have taken the meeting. Have some – It's like – like, Yeah, sir. it's like the person who lets you cheat off their paper and then – that you're like, well, they let me. Everybody steals plays, dude. Like, uh, not not to get in on or the fact to a tangent. Like that this, guy was hey, actively giving it no, out, can, though. I was just watching. Uh, I was just watching App State last night, right? Yeah. So they have love the unis, by the way. They have something interesting going on on their sideline. They got three guys who I assume are their three backup quarterbacks. They wear three different How color hats. Awesome is it? And, and Louisville does it too with the coaches' yes, shirts, they do. which I want a yellow Louisville shirt. That's I'm going to awesome. go find whoever's wearing that and steal but it from them. Point being, everybody has some kind of system because there's somebody mm-hmm. up there in the press box. It's their job to try to steal your plays. So you got three guys in three yep. different color shirts, and they're like, yep. "This drive, you're watching the red guy." Yeah. And the red guy's like doing like the Teddy Bridgewater bike yeah. motion. And then you got another guy who's holding up a Will Ferrell sign yeah. with yeah. no so contact. Other and guys doing the air guitar at the same time. And like, you know it's what's crazy. So interesting? So Will awesome. Gardner told me this a couple years ago, back when we were in college. He told me I asked him, I was like, "What are those big weird signs that they hold up behind the coaches?" Mm-hmm. And he said that the way that the cameras are up uh, are uh, there's a camera from the other sideline that is pointed directly at your sideline for the mm-hmm. for just that they're looking to steal your stuff. It's like th- that blocks the press box from being at the same time. So they can't, in the same shot, they can't get the press box and the coach making the call. Because there they'd be able to probably be able to figure out mouth, you know, mouth movements on play right. calls. It's, it's so, so basically, yeah. long long story short, Dave Clawson's like 
Listen, have some integrity, okay? If you're going to cheat, at least figure out how to cheat during the game, okay? Don't just, like, be just taking playbooks, okay? Presley, you just gave Dave Clawson so much more personality than he actually deserves. They do, but... if you've ever heard him... Maybe that's what the inside of his head sounds Dude, I listened to him previewing the Louisville game, and I'm like, how do kids even, like, get up and get motivated? But, like, the dude was so... I'm sorry. I probably haven't heard him in a locker room before. Yeah, but they like, called his. He just offense. sounded so pedestrian and normal. He's like, "Well, you know, he's like, we're gonna, we're gonna sit down. We're gonna look at the film." Um, he's Imagine like, what other people thought about Bobby Petrino then. Oh God, more. yeah, I know that. Well, we're gonna practice. Hard. But he like he's very clean cut. Very, you yeah. know, like he just. They call it the claw fence, which I think that's pretty awesome. <laughs> not gonna lie, not gonna lie, that's pretty bad. Would you have the claw fence or Saturdays? I'm not. I, that's a great question, one that I'm not going to put up. Because at least we got a coach now, we can still like do something off of. Yeah, name Saturday wise. and the visor is totally badass. Dave right. Clawson probably wears a stupid hat. Insert idiot. that. Uh, What's the guy's name that you said? Saturdays. <laughs> oh, uh, brick. Uh, um, is that a second brick reference of the show? No way. What? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm, what I'm the, talking about the. Uh, what? What are you talking? About? What's the yeah, transfer's name that was on Last Chance U? Oh, oh, I have no viral idea. Video. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary McRae, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. That video. Saturday! At first, that was so weird, and then I rewatched it. I was like, screw it. That's it really like funny. A little thing, like he just started dancing playing, with yeah, it. Yeah, wiggling back and forth. Yeah. Fantastic. I do love it. All right, so uh, we'll just jump into predictions. I think that if you want to read previews on the game, BigRedLouis.com, plenty of great we content there. Thousands can, of words. For the sake of your ear space tonight, we're going to save our words on the game and, and lead you to the website. But I do want to do predictions because it's uh, it's become Ooh. a staple on the show. I love it so much. Um, last week, yeah. we need to talk about last week. Yeah. I sent Presley a text, and normally Presley is really good at responding. He ignored it. Damn, and, dude. And uh, I don't think I think yeah. it was just you were working, and I probably I was, sent you another yeah. text like five minutes later. You did. I just question. responded to the other one. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. you did. So I sent him a, a text message, which I'm gonna have to scroll back here uh, in our text message. So somebody, please talk for a second. Sorry. Talk, 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 talk. So basically, about there that is, weather. Th- there there needs to be a ruling on what we're doing with the score here because I think early on we did the point differential. Right. So this week here here was the, so Alex predicted 34 to 10, so a 10 point differential. What? I, 34 to 10? I'm sorry, 34 to 24. 10 oh, point like, difference. I was like, point difference. Presley was yeah. 31 to 37. He was four points off. I did 24 to 21. I was three points off. So technically, I was the closest to the total difference in the score. But like, you so were, are we doing who is the closest in terms of the number that they picked? Are we mm. doing who is closest in the point differential? I think we should let the people decide on Twitter. I say we do two half points. Because that's a good. If that's the case, then we both get a half point. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying like I think I think the point. Uh, any the, scenario that ends with me in points is what I'm. The point difference <laughs> is important. I I do think the point difference is important, but that's okay. also BS. If because if you were to say like, oh, I predict three to six as the score, and then you still right. technically win the points, spread, but like you. you are super duper far off from the actual and whole and game. my exact breakdown was everybody thinks it's going to be uh running the ball. Yeah, that's what I thought. Showcase, yeah. and it's. I think Total it's going to be a shootout. Yeah. yeah, that was my prediction. So if that's the case, then then what were the other? So that so here's what it was last week: score winner, which we all picked that uh, Louisville was going to win, so we Correct. all got a point. Okay. Uh, the score Presley would technically be the closest if we're going off that, and then who starts at quarterback? Alex and I both got a point because we picked Mikhail Cunningham. So that puts uh-huh. us at seven seven to to five. I'm going to go ahead and give you a point because I feel bad for you. No, that's what? Okay, then. 
find something to give a point to me to because that's ridiculous. You can't just start throwing out points. I mean, like, but the thing is, is it's not like the score was like 100 to 50 and he predicted 2 to 1. Like, I mean, he was closest yeah. in terms of the overall number, but I was closest in point differential. So I think we should – then let's do a point. I thought point. you meant you were giving a or point. Or from now on we could do like a – ah. Nah, All right, I'm gonna sense. go. I'm gonna go a half point. There's so half that point. puts me in the lead at seven and a half. Okay. I thought you were giving seven. him a point because, like, you were like, we both chose the right quarterback and you didn't, and I feel bad. No, I didn't. Know. If it's no, no, a no, point no, thing, no, yeah. No, no, no. no. So Wait, seven and a half for me for for Jacob. Seven for Alex. Five and a half for Presley. So Woo. I I didn't discuss this with you all this week, but I just went ahead and did it anyways. So week seven, game six against Wake Forest. I've got score. Mm-hmm. winner and the total yards between the two teams. This will be really fun. So to give you a little bit of context, last week, uh, I need to look and see what Wake Forest did last week. One of you always your computers. That would be spectacular. They, they were, five, were so, sitting on their asses Yeah, so go, week. go two weeks back and look at what they Got did it. against Elon. I guess it would be your – No, Boston College. Uh, Boston College, sure. And then Louisville, 200 – so Wake Forest is 246 yards per game. Uh, Louisville was 232 yards per game. But against BC, they had 664 yards of total offense. Uh, whereas Wake Forest against BC, Presley's going to give us the number there. So this will be fun because we could go 400 yards or we could go a thousand yards. Like we're going to be, uh, we're going to. I would imagine we're going to probably be. Yeah, somebody's going to be like super far off, or someone's going to have a moment like Alex where they say, uh, "I have no context on the attendance of Florida State, so I'm going to just go 46,000 and, and get be it spot exactly on. right." <laughs> yeah, like couldn't do that again if he tried. So Alex, we'll start with you. All right, so hold on. Let's let's get the total yards um, for the BC Wake Forest game, and, and so which we, was um, let's see here, nine hundred and seventy-three yards total offense. Okay, but Wake what, what did Boston Wake Forest College. have though? I don't really care about Boston oh, College. Oh, I'm so sorry. They had four hundred and forty yards. Okay, to Boston College is five thirty-three. Oh wow! So Boston College outgained. Wake Forest. That's By 90, 93. So we did decide, how, though. That how nuts is that, by the way? I showed you guys the box score stats of that game. Yeah. Boston College was 2 for 12 and on three-point con- third, third, third down and conversions. Wake Forest was 17 of 24. Who right. the hell gets 24 right. third down plays? That's what I'm saying. If you look at the – How does that happen? That, if you I look thought at that some was of the box stats. If you look at some of the box stats, like, without looking at the score – you're like, how the hell was Boston College even well, in this game? And it makes so much sense that Wake Forest would be number one in the country in third down conversions when they've had oh, yeah, 24 you, in one game. Bro, right, they're duh. the smartest. Yeah, it's because yeah, they're smart. They know that. It, but Dude, Boston on. College converted more fourth downs on that game than they did third downs. So I don't have a statistic That's the to back part. this like, up. But what I saw with my own eyes, Louisville is much better at third and short than they are at third and long. Wow. Let that sink in. For that's a smart offense. Louisville, yeah, right. Louisville's defense is really good at getting stops on third and one, third and two, third and three. But oh, when it's okay. third and twelve, yes. they're giving up a big passing play. Yes. Oh yeah, I'm. I have so much more confidence. Con- yeah, consistent confidence because in the run, an offense is going to be a smart offensive coach says third and two. Yeah, like so for me on Madden, yeah, I want to throw the football on third and two, but I know that the the percentage is most likely that I'm going to be getting a first down on a, on a short run. It's only two yards. But Louisville's defense, with the with the way that they play, is really good against short yarded situations. So against Wake Forest and Jamie Newman, who can run the ball and throw the ball, I say let them get a couple of let them get eight yards on second on first down. Let them get like a yard on second down, and then third and one. That's where we want you. It's the sweet em. spot. We're gonna get you on third and one. I do. So wa- who's smart now, Dave Clawson? Yeah. I really do wonder though, and in, in in terms of my other concern, because I was trying to figure out, I haven't heard much about Wake Forest's offensive line. 
and I haven't looked too deeply, and if I did, then I forgot it, um, about how many sacks or how many pressures they've had this year or have given up this year. Um, but it can't be like that much if if Newman's like going off every single game like that. Like it, but in my mind, I really do think if if we can start getting more consistent pressure on the QB, and I know that's not what the three defensive linemen up front are really predicated on doing because they're just supposed to be, you know, slant, stay in your gap, sure. let the linebackers do all the work. Or most of the work. Um, oh, I totally. That's but, my type of defense. Let somebody else do the work. Right. Like you guys get all the fun sacks. We're just yeah. going to be in the trenches working you, our ass you, off. You guys yeah. go fill the hole, and I'll come in and get the tackle. Yeah. Like that's, talking about stealing glory, but that's what I listened to the Levitard show. That's what the, they. That's what they say. The Stu Gots is strong in you. Louisville's defense linebackers <laughs> are the Stu Gots. But I will say, when Wake Forest, half of Wake Forest is like weird rpo run plays they took so long to develop they didn't even get any yardage because by the time the guy was trying to run around the tackles or inside the yeah. tackles like everyone was already in the backfield so here's the really and i think we could do that the exact we could have the same effectiveness yeah. on the run d uh from what i saw boston college but i i really hope we get more more consistent pressure I, if you can get that, i agree they have to get some sacks. right if you can get they, if you can get jamie newman rattled early I, no. I think that really does bode well because if he he's one of those guys if he gets comfortable and settled in in yeah. the pocket he's gonna rip us up the whole game. Yeah, like I, that, I, I think it's really interesting when you talk about Jamie Newman because if you if you think that that offense is so slow and the way that they set up the RPO and then you know that in an RPO he's got an arm though yeah, yeah in the RPO you don't have a lot of time to make reads so it's a first read it's a second read and it's get the ball out quick. For him to be able to not only go slow with the handoff, the fake the handoff, which is just a glorified play-action play, and then have time to make a play as a quarterback, right. I mean, that just shows you that the kid – I think he's an NFL caliber quarterback. I think I, mean, I think he's, what, a freshman or a sophomore? He could be a first-round pick. If, if that's the kind of kind of offense that he runs, that's where the, the, he's going to make his money in the NFL is being able to read defenses. So anyways, anyways, you want to hear Wake Forest sack stats? They yeah. allow 1.5 sacks per game, which is 37th in the country. In comparison, Louisville, who I am yet to find as I scroll. Um, I think a good comparison would be Boston College, though, because Louisville had zero sacks. So what did Boston this, College this year? It says 3.2 sacks a game. UVL allows 3.2 sacks a game? No way. They haven't given up more than two in a game. Uh, College football team. If they did, that's, that's on Juwan game. Pass. That's a Juwan Pass stat. No, I think, honestly, that could have been. I think that's right, because Cunningham allowed, like, seven yeah, sacks against right. right. Florida yeah. State. Yeah, that's right. So there you go. So I guess that averages out for the one every other game. Okay, yep. predictions. Alex, Wake Forest, Louisville, total yards. What do you got? Total yards. No, no, well, just predict this. I didn't mean that, like, in that order. I meant predict the game and then total yards. Total yards for Louisville or just the no, whole game? the whole game. Both teams combined. Oh, this, this requires you to put your math hat on. Yo, okay. Which we all know that means I'm probably losing. <laughs> Honestly, this game is a super, super, like, 50-50 coin toss because mm. I could say Wake Forest is going to win and hope that reverse psychology sets in and they don't. But I want Louisville to win, so I'm not going to get reprimanded if I'm wrong on this podcast. So I'm going to say Louisville wins, but probably in a similar fashion to Boston College game to where it's either a last-second drive, last-second field goal. Which I predicted last week. I said some game-winning field goal. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I think giving confidence in our quarterbacks to have a game-winning drive like that. Like our, our team needed to see us close out a, a close game. I, I really think that helped. Like just yeah. the mentality of, hey, we can actually right. finish games now. 
Like our coach has been harping, we need to finish games for for weeks, and we finally did it. I'm going uh, Louisville with the win. Um, I'm gonna go with the two offenses. Shit. I'm, let's do. I'm gonna. You should give me a score first. Yeah, I am. I am. Thirty-eight, thirty-five, Louisville. Okay. And, and total yards. Just, I mean, at this point, it's just taking a stab at a number. Uh, I'm gonna go with one thousand and fifty, Bob. Well, you said total yards for both teams, yeah, right? That's uh, yeah. Okay, that's, that's a good guess. I don't oh, have confidence I in like either defense now. I don't have confidence in either defense, dude. That's the thing. Boston College played Wake Forest really, really close, and both teams still racked up a ton of yards. I don't see why that wouldn't be a similar outcome. For, yeah, for it, this game. It just makes you wonder, though, because Boston College Wake Forest was 27-24, but there was a lot of yards, just not a lot but of there scoring. Was, but Boston College also had some really, really timely uh, interceptions, or they gave up some really, really timely interceptions, just how they gave up uh, a fumble at the one-yard line. It was like a lot of that. So Boston College actually should have scored way more points, uh, but every time they drive, their quarterback would make like a really dumb throw down the field. And that's and what happened against Louisville with both turnovers. So you mentioned the turnover in the end zone with Monty Montgomery, which if you go back and watch that, Louisville is so lucky he didn't get a safety. His, I mean, his momentum carried him into the end zone, but the way it looked is it looks like he ran into the end zone. Which they, I mean, because he, I thought when I when I first saw the play, I thought it was like on the one yard line, and he stripped him like in the end zone. They were on like the five, and he got to the three or the four before Monty stripped him, and then Monty ran into the end zone, but they called it momentum. And in, in college football and in the NFL, momentum is a big rule based yep. off of just placing of the football. They got really lucky that wasn't a safety. Well, because of that ref, like, refing staff, I, I'm i not shocked at all. Like, how many flags... How many flags did they, did they even pick up? Like, that refing crew was <laughs> I, terrible. I, I remember two that they picked up. They picked up, like, three Yeah, first. Okay. Like, I just remember... Ordering beers and just complaining about the refs for a majority of the game because I was welcome not a fan. to be a Louisville fan. Yeah, basically. Go ahead. What do you got, Presley? Score yards. So I'm I'm going to go with what I put in my predictions piece. Um, I think Wake Forest is going to win 38-28. Um, reason being, I I don't look at this game and maybe you guys do. Maybe you can talk me out of this. Um, but I don't look at this game and say, um, oh, well, Louisville can just take advantage of Wake Forest in so many different ways. Like, I really think that Louisville has a good shot. Like, I, I just don't – like, t- to say that would just be having blind faith to me. Like, I, I think that, that Wake Forest – I think Wake Forest's offense is way – is not way better than we give it credit for. I think that's – Wake, Wake Forest's offense is very good. They yeah. are, but uh, you're – you don't, I don't think you meant to say it, but I think that you're right. I think people give them more credit without looking at the defensive statistics of who they play. Right. Uh, that that That's true, but I, I think that they're – Receiving core is, is that's true, but unreal. If I told I you this, that, okay, go ahead. Louisville is the. I'd have to go back and look at the notebook that I wrote all this down in. But Louisville has like the. I don't. I'm not even gonna try to remember the numbers. But Louisville is in total defense and in passing defense, ranked like 25 spots higher than the next team that Wake Forest has played. So in Louisville's defense, it, we're talking about they're not very good. I mean, they're right. they're fine. Yep. They've done a good job of coming up with big plays when they need to. To be 20 spots higher, Presley, than the team that they're any other team that Wake Forest has played has got to lead you to believe it's just a product of not playing good defenses. Their num their I numbers mean, it, are it so could high. be, and it could be a situational thing, like you said. I think that there could be um, a situation where I mean, I don't think Louisville's going to allow 17 out of 24 on third down. Uh, but what about Wake Forest's defense? So, because the, See, the score I, I you put out indicates to me that you're saying like their defense is going to have way more stops I just than what they even had against Boston I'm College. I'm not sure if coming off the last game with the game being on the road, 
you got to consider Louisville's offense pretty much had their way with Boston College's defense. I don't know if you can if that can be sustained. I hope I'm proven wrong, um, but to me, um, I think that Louisville will win one of Ooh, Virginia. You just me off by accident. Sorry, <laughs> Louisville will win one. You challenged of him. You shouldn't have challenged. Virginia or Wake Forest. I just think there's a better yeah. chance of that being Virginia. See, I couldn't. It's at home. Interesting. I, I was going to coming s- off of the oh, Wake Forest and Clemson for games game. for yeah. as a must win. I mean, heck, maybe they win both of them. I don't know. But I just don't think that Louisville's in a position yet to be a top 20 team on the road. If Louisville beats both Wake Forest and Virginia, go ahead and just give that Coach of the Year title to Scott Satterfield. Oh, dude. Two top 25 wins in a year when Louisville was coming off of 2-10? I'm going to be unreal hyped. Miss me with that. I was saying they were going to split just because they were both road games. I was going to say Louisville splits Wake Forest and Miami. I think they they can win one of those games. Probably. Um, Yeah. I don't think they win both, but because I, I I see I it as like just road wins. I do think we uh I still think we upset NC State on the road because like nothing has led me to believe yeah. like NC State's better than us. But what do you got in total yards? Let's let's total write yards nine sixty eight nine six eight. I like the see. I feel like he just did the, like the one dollar thing oh, on prices right because so I said ten fifty and you were like damn it, I, was, I was ready for press to be like ten fifty one Bob. I, I was gonna say so I've got thirty one thirty seven Louisville. I, I have a really good feeling about this game for a couple of different reasons. Let the, me hear it. The biggest being, I just think the offense is clicking, and I think that Wake Forest's defense is very similar to Boston College. Boston College just hadn't played anybody yet. They got torn up by Kansas. Yeah. Wake Forest got torn up by Utah State. They gave up almost 450 yards passing to Utah State. If Mikhail Cunningham is not better than Utah State's quarterback, we've got a problem here. Um, I, I'm going to go with 37-31 Louisville. And uh, I think that their defense is going to come up with a couple of really big plays. I think they're going to get an interception. Uh, and I think they're going to come up with maybe one or two other big stops. I think they're going to win the third down. The third down, their defense versus Wake Forest's offense. I'm going to go with Louisville's third down defense. And total yards, I'm going to go 9 one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lowball you both. You suck. I know I do. Anyways, uh, l- listen, I hope you guys are right. At this point, if you guys are right, then I'm, I'm eating some stuff. Then I get to call you a party well, pooper. Well, at this point, I've so, okay. so we Negative Nancy. Here's what we've agreed upon. We talked about hot ones last week. We talked about uh, how you have some weird hot sauces up there. So, yeah. for the final after the final game of the season, whether yeah. it's the bowl or it's a regular, the 12th game, yeah. Alex is going to make some party wings, which I'm going to supply. He's going to make them in his air fryer. Which, and by he's the gonna way. he's going to come here, and we're going to put the hottest sauce on there, and the loser is going to eat that one. The whole wing is going to be tossed in the sauce. Too. But the wing That's itself fine. will still be delicious. Oh, it'll be so good. I have good. perfected the I'm chicken even, wing in the I'm air fryer. I'm not even mad about it. I'm not even mad. Or you know what? We might go to the hot sauce. The the, the, the beef jerky outlet over off of Brownsboro Road has the like some of the hottest hot sauces you can find. Really? We'll, the beef we'll jerky outlet? It does. Yeah. That's, I thought that was really? a weird thing too. I knew oh. they had like weird weird beef jerky. jerky. Right, yeah. Like, that's what you would expect. But right. they have hot sauces too. I want to go uh, to that or, place. In, thank you for telling which me. Which place? In Cincinnati, there's oh, okay, like there's like a big. Oh, maybe if you and Taylor go there first, you can get some yeah, hot there, sauce. There's this humongous yeah. grocery store there. I don't know what it's called. Something like uh, Jungle Gyms oh, or the, something. Jungle or Gyms. we go on the road one more time to Top Golf in Cincinnati and stop at the hot sauce store on the way back. There you go. All well, right. The, fir- the first one we're trying is going to be the one in Presley's cabinet. Yeah, we right need to figure out. We need to get Brother Blake to test and see how hot that is first, just to make sure it's hot enough. For we'll record him for our own version of yeah. hot ones. All right, let's jump into Louisville basketball because uh, it's been you know outside of Jay Scrub committee. It's been a rather dormant topic the last couple of weeks, and I think that's just a byproduct of it being summer and basketball not being here yet. But uh, Wednesday or Tuesday was ACC Operation Basketball, which, as we told Taylor earlier, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That's Dude. such a stupid name. 
Um, I have been so critical of the ACC tonight, and I don't even care. It feels good. Feels nice. Get off. But feels uh, nice ACC off. Operation Basketball, I had a feeling this was going to happen, but uh, you know, Louisville is without a question been the most talked about team. Now they they don't have the most talked about player in the ACC because I think that goes to Cole Anthony and Vernon Carey of mm-hmm. Duke, Cole Anthony of North Carolina. But ACC media, if you think about it, out of the ACC schools, you have North Carolina, North Carolina State, Duke, and Wake Forest, all within a eighty to one hundred and fifty mile radius of each other. So the 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 big chunk of ACC media is in North Carolina. And it makes sense as to why they'd vote Louisville to finish third behind Duke in North Carolina, even though Louisville returns half of their team and both of those teams lose half of their teams. Just a byproduct of, of the environment of the ACC and Louisville not being proven yet. So here's my question. Okay. Does Louisville have to prove that they can win the ACC before anybody will take them seriously? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, For sure, yeah. Maybe I mean, like that was a dumb question. No, no. I mean, it's not dumb, but it, it's the same thing that happened when they went into the Big East too. I don't know if you remember, but they struggled to win games in the Big East tournament when when they first started off in the Big East, which was, I believe, two thousand five. Um, I mean, again, Louisville didn't have that wasn't their greatest era, wasn't their greatest stretch from two thousand and five, I believe, to two thousand nine, ten. Like that just wasn't. Uh, I take that back. Two thousand two thousand five, two thousand eight. They were just all right. And you had teams like Pittsburgh, who was so dominant then. Villanova, who was really good then. Um, who am I missing? Syracuse. Like, they, they just had some old school, just like kick you in the face type teams. And it wasn't until 2009 when Louisville had that awesome team that was the number, number one overall seed um, that just kind of, you know, floated through conference play, went like 16 and 2 in the Big East Conference. Um, UConn was another team that, that, that was awesome that year. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it, it it's gonna take some time. Like you know, Louisville's the new kids on the block, like it or not. And the old school teams in the ACC, the North Carolinas, the Dukes, and now the Virginias. Um. That you know, and uh, it, it's just gonna take some time. Right. And I think Jacob, you've said it before that you know a lot of these media guys that that are around there are predominantly in you know like the the North Carolinas and and just the East Coast in general. Yeah, so right. I. I there's a very big bias as to do right. It would kind of be like if the ACC, if Louisville and Kentucky were both in the ACC, yeah. and the headquarters was in the ACC, yeah. and Western Kentucky was in there too, and Indiana was in the ACC, sure. and then they had voting, and everybody was like, yeah, North Carolina and Duke, maybe. They might be good. Yeah, so think about it like this. In the SEC in football, Alabama and Auburn, they lose. Say they lose. They have 22 total starters between offense and defense. Say they lose 16 starters, right? right. So they're replacing a whole new team. But then you've got a team like, let's say Vanderbilt, for example. Or no, that's no, not a good example. Texas A&M. Let, let, let's, uh, yeah, okay, Texas A&M is a, a school that has been fairly productive. They've won a lot of games. They've had good success. And they're in a new conference trying to figure it out. And for the first time, they bring back, let's call it 19 out of their 22 starter. Mm-hmm. The SEC would still, the media would still vote Auburn and Alabama 1 and 2 over Texas A&M. They're probably sure. not, I don't know the conference alignment there, so I could yeah. be way off there. My point being... Louisville has not proven anything in the ACC. They've no. not had a finish better than fourth, which they did two years in a row in the first two years they were in the conference. Since then, it's been a lot of eights and tens and sixes, and I understand it's been an up-and-down time for the basketball program, but I think that the ACC voting has more to do with them having faith that Coach K and Coach Roy Williams are going to be able to, to take guys like Cole Anthony and Vernon Carey and Matthew Hurt, who, sure, on paper haven't proven anything yet, 
and they have not they've not done what Jordan Wara has done, what Dwayne Sutton has done. But on paper, they're bigger names, bigger talent, and therefore collectively, they're going to lead their teams to higher success. I get it. I'm not mad at them for that. But you know what I am mad about? I'm going to go ahead and just what, vent, Jacob. More. I am pissed at two things. How the hell did Stephen Enoch not get one single vote? Maybe he did get one, but how did he not make the second team all ACC? I know it's preseason, so it's so stupid. And then how in the hell does Samuel Williams not get one vote? How, for for can, ACC. Yeah, for ACC freshman of the year. Of the you year. got a guy. You have three guys on that list that are ranked lower than him. You didn't get a single vote. I hope I hope he goes out there and makes them pay. I hope he gets that tattooed on his arm or something. Dude, I, I think it's I great. Mean, I think all of it's great. Right. I, I, I think everything today is fine. Those more, two things piss me off. What more do you fine. want than a team that can actually – that like legitimately has the potential to make a Final Four in a national championship and yeah. still somehow comes out with a ton of bulletin board material for this right. season? And, like and, that's, that's nuts. Like it's hard to get a team that's been just – you know, so highly talked about, and like this could be the year. They have the whole thing. They got, they Correct. got seniority. They got young talent. They got everything you need, and they're just taking basking in all these like positive comments and and yeah, accolades then, from national pundits. And then you get to ACC Media Day, and even the guys, even the, best even the guys in your own conference yeah. are like, actually, eh. you know, we want to see it first. So I think that's perfect because like they needed something to bring them a little bit down from cloud nine. So, yeah, well, and Chris Mack continues to say it doesn't mean anything. Expectations mean nothing. Which they can say that, but every kid has has social media. Every kid reads the oh, same articles yeah. we do. They hear everything we do. So it's a, you can say all you want as a coach, like, yeah, we're not, we're not reading the comments and we're not listening and we're staying focused. You're a kid, dude. The whole nation's talking about you. You're like a 20-year-old, and they're talking about how great your team is and stuff. Yeah. Like that would go to your head a little bit, whether you wanted to yeah. or not. I, it's weird. I feel like I should like. I, I feel like I should be pissed off, but I'm I'm with you guys. I kind of like I, outside of Sam Williams and Stephen Enoch. That still kind of rubs me the wrong way. Because <laughs> Which is, I think that should, but that's great. Enoch would have been. A, I mean, he would have been uh, probably drafted late. I mean, he's a he is going to be. I'm not sure who's. I don't know who the two players were in front of him, but I don't know if there's a case to be made for. I, I don't know. Here's yeah, the best maybe, part. You have I'm to wrong. play the games first right. to actually get those actually accolades. Earn the accolades. Okay. Right. Like okay. That's I the get thing. it. I get it. I know you got to play games. So you're it's mad at a bunch of middle-aged bald dudes who have a like bias. you know East Coast bias. Right. Technically, like, That's yeah, really you're what right. you're, you're no, upset you're, about. You're not wrong. None but, of those guys but, are going to play a game for this team, though. But like, I, 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 Tell I, them, Chris Mack. I'm telling you, there is something to this. I, I know that it, we joke about it a lot, but this Louisville versus the world thing. like No, there really If is. that was Duke, their freaking backup big man would have been on the second team. Like, even yeah, even on the football Duke, side. Though. Even on the football side, we were talking about rankings and, and, and recruiting bumps and stuff like that. Like The kids that have committed to Louisville, it seems like some of the ratings literally – Go down. Oh, you're saying that's a Louisville? We're gonna take you down. Yeah, they get a, a negative ratings bump, but then uh, <laughs> Josh Nickelberry was the perfect example of that. Yeah, last even year. on the football side, like uh, he was like 15th when he committed to Louisville, and then right. he ended up falling like 79. Right, right, and then Ronald, uh, what is it, Delancey? The uh, Delancey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Delancey decommitted from Louisville, went to Nebraska, and then somehow shot up 244 spots because he committed that, to when Nebraska. Two, like when the same two, kid, the two JUCO kids who committed early on for football. They they didn't have ratings and when they did it was like oh they're a four star oh wow they're the two nice. best players finally in the class. yeah finally right. yeah so but anyways that just really that really bugged me but I, I, I want to say well I was just gonna say like Alex said to his point I freaking love it like going in going into the off season my biggest concern was that there wasn't gonna be motivation for this team and I thought that 
Like there is a lot of potential for a letdown. Um, and then you go go into the offseason. You have we have three pretty serious injuries that have been sustained already in the offseason, which I love. I don't I don't want anybody to get hurt. Who's the third? You got Nickelberry Johnson. Yeah. And, oh yeah, uh, Nickelberry broke and, his hand earlier. Malik Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those guys have missed a lot of time yeah. due to injuries. Um, sure. So I lo- like I love having to go go through adversity. You know, it's really interesting you say that because you have been more than anybody else. You've talked about Jalen Withers, and I listened mm-hmm. to Chris Mack at, at Operation Basketball talk about. I think it was Operation Basketball. It might have been early on in the week, or actually, you know what? It was when he was on with Nick Coffee in the morning before the the media right. day started. Right. He talked about how far along Jalen Withers has come. Like Jalen Withers is going to play. And so is Aiden Gahan. Yeah. And so is Nickelberry. <laughs> Aiden Gahan. I watched a video on, uh, I think it was Sam Williamson's Instagram the other night. He looks unfair. Like, he shouldn't be allowed to play basketball. Oh, he's he looks so must. Yeah, he yeah. is. I mean, I've never seen an 18-year-old kid look like he could play in the NBA right I want right to see away. a guy like that play football. At first, it makes me mad because I'm like, I didn't look what like if that, that at 18, what, Okay, then, here we go. Cameron Robinson-Teague from the Courier-Journal tweeted out today that he's got big news. What if Aiden Gahan is going to join the football team as a tight end no i'm good i, could Wait, see I don't it. want that to happen I he'd be like it. uh what was the guy's name for baylor uh oh Oakman? sean sean Oakman. yeah you'd <laughs> oh be the put sean Oakman. dude that's what i'm saying put aiden on the on the football field put him at linebacker coach satterfield said if i got all my stomach tatted <laughs> i had a shot at a starting spot <laughs> and you have to have the, the mirrored helmet too so yeah and the and the dark visor so they can't see oh for sure aiden again would be the scariest thing on the football field for louisville even if he didn't even play and you don't like just have him walk out for coin tosses. I don't think people realize. Need. I'm gonna put that on the poll. Should <laughs> should Louisville football put Aiden Gahan in a uniform and walk him out to the coin toss? They need to be like Georgia. I think it was Georgia Tech. There was a uh, they do the workouts on the sideline before games. They it's actually happened. have they have full on yeah, like weights. weights, barbells. Like they do full on workouts. And uh, I know everyone's been like crazy about it. Like they haven't seen it before. Have, have Aiden just do squats just, by himself. Just do a full on workout on the sidelines, acting like he's gonna play the game, and then just like. Put them up at the stands or have them. They're doing that. Do whatever. They're doing that kind of like goofy little thing before the game where they have this celebrity and instead of ringing the bell, they like get on the dot or something. Push the button. Yeah, or whatever it is. Ige yeah. launches go like with like 300, 350 pounds on some on some barbells and just step yeah, on. It I feel day. like I feel like no one's gonna appreciate this poll because people tend to be like, talk about sports, don't say stupid stuff. That's a good question though. Should Louisville football put Aiden Gay on in a uniform and walk him out on the coin toss to intimidate other teams? <laughs> you're you're gonna have some serious like oh, that, that's you're gonna so have dumb. one you're gonna have one serious a hole that's gonna be like <laughs> I can't wait it's gonna happen. he would never play football that's so dumb let him focus on basketball he they hasn't even played football. basketball that long yet <laughs> you can't teach him two sports <laughs> one vote one hundred percent yes yeah, so <laughs> yeah um, so. well I, I I was gonna say so I don't think people realize how big basketball players are. Like I know it no, sounds, I don't I, I know it sounds dumb, but like it's hard to get perspective until you're like really around these dudes. But I remember like meeting up and just being around. Um, uh, God bless it. Um, the guy that played for the Jets, linebacker on the on the Charlie Strong teams. Oh, James Red. Burgess. No, no, uh, Lorenzo Malden. Lorenzo Malden. Right. Okay. So I remember being around him a few times when I was in college, and I got a few pictures with him. And he is so much bigger than. I mean, granted, I'm a small guy, but he's so much bigger than me, right? And then I see him come out, and the, it was right after the football team won the Sugar Bowl, right? Yep. And that was the year uh, Montrez, Montrez Harrell was becoming a thing. And um, he walked out on the court um, to be recognized with the football team. And I remember he was the last guy to walk off, and Harrell's standing there to do the inbounds passing. Keep in mind, Malden is the biggest guy on the team yep. um, and most like flamboyant looking with his hair. 
and he walks past Harold, and he looks like like I would look next to Malden. Like he just looks so small. So I just thought it was funny because, and then if you think about the the logistics of uh, Montrez Harold is basically the same size as LeBron James, and LeBron handles the ball like like he's like Kyrie Irving. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he he has handles. He can freaking what? He can drive <laughs> so, in the lane. Somebody reply. <laughs> To the poll question with a weird ad, and I'm not sure what it is. It's a spam account. Oh, Go no. look at it because it's really weird. It's some lady rubbing her leg with a massage thing, and then it's just this massage thing going into other things. <laughs> See, this is why you don't do weird poll questions. <laughs> I don't know what this to This is think a about learning that. lesson for you. Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure. It's some kind of weird like spam thing that I'm not going to click on, but it's pretty funny because it makes no sense. I'm going to probably remove it, actually, because it's weird. Well, don't remove it yet. I want to see it. Um, anyways. Uh, yeah. So, well. Good show. I think we lost. Quick question. Yeah, go ahead. NC State, Syracuse is playing right now. Who wins? Or do you just want to watch it to see, like, two teams we play later on in the season? Uh, I I have no idea. I'm going to watch this. I mean, we're going to go to Roosters. We're about to grab a bite to eat. And we're going to watch the Patriots and the Giants more than anything. Okay. Which I was going to start Golden Tate, and I forgot to put him in my lineup, and now I'm pretty pissed off because I forgot. No, well, go watch They're the right. Fighting Monos try to beat the Patriots. The that would be the monos. Jets that have Mono. Oh, my bad. Crap. So that your joke was cool. I know, yeah. Not cool. I'm just going to go home. Well, and over six. Great show. Over six. Thank you to Taylor Lynch and to, to Greg Fitzpatrick for joining the show. Uh, it sounds I, – I don't I don't want to try to read between the lines here, but it sounds like there could be a flip in the near future, not just with Christian Fitzpatrick, who I think – I think it sounded to me. I I heard it. There's as, hope. There's hope. It's not a. It's not. It's not dead. Uh, and then Jordan Watkins, the former Kentucky commit, decommits during the middle of the show. All signs seem to be pointing there to him. Maybe ended up in Louisville. We could end up with another. <laughs> another <laughs> we could crazy end up another recruiting receiver. class with seven wide receivers in it because you already have three committed now. I'm fine with it. Five receivers coming into the program. But thank you to Greg. Thank you to Taylor. It's been a good show. That video is really weird. I don't know what to do with it. It's a little <laughs> massager thing, dude. It is, but then it's like it's in good. like a weird jelly of some kind. I'm not really sure Who what it is. knows? All right. Well, we'll catch you next week. Hopefully, we're talking about a Louisville win on the football field Saturday. The basketball team takes the court for the red-white scrimmage. That's, that's going to be entertaining. Get I don't think there. anyone else. Are you guys going to that? that? I'm not going to that. Now. I'm going to try to catch the first half. Are you Maybe. going? I'm going to try to. Do you have to work? I do, uh, but well, I'm gonna try to catch the first half and then scoot on over to work. Yeah, if anybody goes, let me know because I think it's what ten bucks. Well, yeah, I, I just meant like the Yum Center's what like half a mile from yeah. my house. So I'm just saying, if That's either true. of you end up being See, able to go, let me know. And I'll just here's the move. The move for basketball season this year is to go to Alex's house first, guys, and then I've bought tickets thirty minutes, probably less than thirty minutes before tip off from like one of the apps. Oh, like dude. just the last game, dude, and we, dude, dude, I can dude, get dude, an dude. Uber. I can get an Uber. Vince, in two minutes, Vince, and then get in my seat by the time tip off. You're listening. I need more twenty three dollar tickets in the lower level, man. I need Come it. On, last Vince. year, I Ooh. fiend for that. I went to four games that I bought tickets of the day of when they went down to twenty three dollars. Yeah, Vince, I will be at every game if you make the tickets twenty three. I'm all about some last minute ticket apps for sure. Yeah. All right, guys, appreciate it. Uh, have a good rest of your week, and we'll catch you next week. Go Cards, baby. Thanks, buddy.